Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the Progressive Britain podcast. This is the podcast with the unpopular opinion that progressive centre-left politics has a lot to offer the modern world. We're here at Labour Party conference and we have some reason to celebrate. This is episode 51 of Progressive Britain. And all the way back in episode one, we asked the question, could we stay in the single market? This week, after a lot of campaigning, a Brexit motion will be debated at Labour conference, which pledges the party to back full participation in the single market. It also leaves the door open to a people's vote. Is the motion as good as it seems? How did it get to the conference floor? And what happens next? I'm Connor Pope, and I'm joined by Alison McGovern, Rural South MP and Progress Chair, Richard Angel, Director of Progress, and Stephanie Lloyd, Progress's Deputy Director. First of all, the Progress Rally took place on Sunday evening with speeches from a range of MPs, trade unionists and progressive activists. What were your highlights, Alison? Just start with you. Well, my highlights were some of the jokes. I thought Wes Streeting actually was uh, excorating about one of our colleagues, Chris Williamson, who, it has to be said, he doesn't have such a good record at beating the Tories as Wes himself does. And my goodness, (laughs) didn't Wes point it out? (laughs) You know, it was like one... Which colleague is this? What Chris Williamson. Oh, yeah. One joke after another about how Wes beats Tories and Chris, it turns out, has not done so much. <laughs> yeah, so re- Wes lost his seat. Uh, so Wes won his seat in 2015 <laughs> when Chris Williamson lost it. And when Chris Williamson was a council leader, it was in coalition with the Tories, which is slightly ironic. Exactly, which, you know, it was... Chris has spent the summer, obviously, with his Democracy Roadshow sort of going out to party members pointing out how to deselect your Labour MP. And uh, and I think Wes clearly felt that that uh, deserved a little response. <laughs> <laughs> Steph, what were, what were your favourite bits? Stella Creasy was an absolute superstar. I mean, she absolutely brought the house down in that sense. Um, and, uh, you know, calling calling everyone a melt. Um, <laughs> which, no, it, but she was fantastic, you know. And there's a reason why she is the woman that gets things done in the way that she does in Parliament. She has forgotten more about campaigns than I think I could ever know. But she was she was absolutely excellent um, and, and was, was just a, a thrill to watch in that sense. Richard, you enjoyed the rally from the audience this year. You didn't, you didn't speak at all. How, how did you find it? Amazing. So the women were the highlight, I thought. Alison 
set it up brilliantly. And essentially, there's a concerted effort by people to make clear that we're not going anywhere. And this is the party that we love and belong to. And I thought, Alison, you gave the kind of emotional case for that very strongly. Steph was was the penultimate speaker of the evening and put it pretty bluntly, which is we're not... (gasps) That is not my style. um, (laughs) We're not joining a new party. We're recruiting people to this party. Mm. And I think that went down really well with people. We've got to get this mindset change through. And uh, we've had a slight debate uh, with our friends at Labour First who are going to tell people to vote down a motion or vote for a motion to get rid of registered supporters. And I'm like, why we do it? Like, Mm. we need to... The Labour Party members are great people Mm. on the whole. We can put the bad ones through a disciplinary procedure, but this is an organisation we want people to join. And that means there has to be a nice organisation to be in now and we can do things to improve that. But But it's got to be really nice, easy ways for people to get involved. The idea that everybody's immediate response is to just fully join a political party, but not um, want to have, you know, that's, that's not the instinct reaction. We are slightly odd people that want to spend our time at a conference in, although, you know, at least we're in Liverpool, fabulous city that is. Um, quite right, Steph. No, I've, I've got my line on that one. Well sewn up from Alice. Good. Um, Good. That's an inside joke because Ash Stephanie was a star on the TV and went up against Matt Zabcousin, who repeated the line by our friend Dawn Butler that uh, somehow the militant tendency broke the law rather than broke the poor. And Stephanie set him straight. Well, it was and the internet is agreeing. <laughs> the internet is agreeing. Twitter is agreeing. I've never seen Twitter agree. Although I'm sure there are depths. Can I say the I other thing not... that's my real highlight? Obviously, you were both amazing, but Luciana, I just oh. thought was brilliant and uh, some people might know but I was at university with Luciana the first person I ever lost an election to was Luciana and uh, and from the minute yeah, I, I heard... voted for her mate so yeah. I, was... <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know she was a candidate in the race she literally wasn't even in the room when I self-nominated myself for it but she'd flown back from Spain on her year abroad to be the UJS candidate for the block of 12 in NUS which was a big deal thing at the time and I was just some lowly first year going like oh I'd like to go to that conference and I make my speech and she literally comes in with a kind of trolley behind her and goes in and makes the most amazing speech. She got 60 votes. I got six votes. And <laughs> like, I've basically been in love with her since. <laughs> and so I see her in politics and I feel defensive on her behalf when I see these horrid people have a go at her. And uh, uh, But, you know, it was really nice to see that Luciana that I first met who inspired me all then to be the person who closed the rally with such clarity and tore apart like people say oh the problem with you lot you sent the left people you don't really attack the Tories she tore them to shreds yep she absolutely tore them to shreds and she reminded us that she can do that while she takes a daily barrage of anti-semitism absolutely team Luciana hashtag team Luciana it was just yeah it was just such a wonderful hashtag hashtag (laughs) team Luciana yeah (laughs) big fan um but no, it was. It was just such a wonderful event. And I think that real coming together of our parliamentarians, which are all excellent um, and gave some great speeches. But also, you know, we had um, Matt Ball from Community, like an exceptional union that are doing such good stuff at the moment. A token front bencher, Johnny Reynolds. A token front bencher, Johnny Reynolds. Um, Johnny, Johnny was, was actually very make... funny, I thought. And, and Connor's he... introduction was funny. <laughs> he had this very funny bit about, do you want to say I, do, I can't remember it. It was a wonderful bit about <laughs> everybody knows that Labour's best talent is on the front <laughs> back benches, but we're just here to remind there is there is some talent on the front bench. 
but that all the way through to, um, you know, we had the amazing Mary Wimbury from our strategy board, who was phenomenal and just running the NEC. Melantha. Uh, we had Melantha at Chittenden, who's the co-chair of LGBT Labour, um, who totally tore apart the idea that all young people are obsessed with Jeremy Corbyn and the hard left politics. Um, and, you know, Miriam Merwich, the chair of Young Labour, got one of the biggest round of applauses of the evening. She wasn't even in the room. <laughs> so, no, And Melantha's message was... I didn't join the Labour Party for the past. I joined it for the future. Yeah, I absolutely. Was quite like, I think yeah. that's it. You know, she was like, yeah, you know, the Labour Party has irrecoverably changed my life, but it is all the things that a Labour government will do that we don't even know it needs to do yet um, yeah. in terms I, of, of what will happen. It's so, so inspiring. I think that's right. I mean, we were, we had the rally in the Museum of Liverpool, which is like a really lovely building and it has this big kind of swirling um, central staircase and we were kind of in the middle of all of that and it was quite a packed room and we had a great video to um, to kick off. Is that going to be, are we going to tweet that out? We yeah. are. We yeah. absolutely are. It was a fantastic video anyway. But what was really interesting is like we were stood there in, in this museum that's kind of slightly futuristic building, but essentially about the past. But actually the, the one message that was absolutely consistent from all the speakers was, you know, okay, we can all row about what happened. And our, our instincts might be to defend the Labour government and that, but probably in our hearts, we would acknowledge that we didn't finish the job and we didn't get everything right. And actually, we are really interested in what comes next in the future. And I thought that was like loud and clear. We might be in a museum, but actually, this is all about what the past should tell us about what we need to do in the future. No, absolutely. I, I really wanted to make a joke about, uh, you know, someone having put progress in a museum just to get there before the left did. But then I thought someone will tweet it. It'll just look bad. <laughs> <laughs> although although yeah. my granddad's in that museum, so I felt like a kind of amazing, like, family vibe. Do you want to mean do you wanna, in the museum? Do you like, quickly there's a explain? film about him. There's a film about him. My granddad was a folk singer, wrote in my Liverpool home. He's not like Jeremy this... Beach of his He's not a bound somewhere. <laughs> not Beach. He's Bentham. Oh, Bentham. <laughs> Jeremy Beecham is like former member of the NEC and chair of LGA. Jeremy Bentham oh, is like a dead tired. philosopher who's like embalmed in UCL. <laughs> that's what you meant about. No, no, no. Like he's, there's a video about my granddad <laughs> in the museum. Going, look, going into uh, Labour headquarters at Southside and Jeremy Beecham just being <laughs> behind your well, glass actually, case. Actually, Jeremy, Jeremy Bentham thought that we should all do this with our ancestors, that they should go through this process where their bodies are preserved and we should keep them all in glass cases absolutely not totally. not embalmed let's make <laughs> no. that clear which is a video, just a video. but there was there was that that place is kind of you know it's mm. like it's a special place to me because because of that and because you we you know we you can go upstairs to see the beautiful view over the river and the live buildings and you know liverpool has a kind of political history that is pretty dramatic definitely uh in in our party but it's also i like to think it's quite an inspiring place um you'll be able to read and listen to a number of those speeches on the progress website we'll put them in the links underneath this podcast as well as i think the video of stephanie taking down matt zob cousin on sky news that'll definitely go in and uh, and the, the link to the video that was played beforehand as well i also think just quickly that uh, the person who was hosting was absolutely fantastic at the rally and i thought i thought a bit average in comparison to last <laughs> no, year he was all right you can fish for compliments <laughs> later uh, we should probably take a quick break there just because we have so much to talk about afterwards 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Today, Tuesday, Brexit will be debated by conference delegates. How did it make it onto the agenda? Uh, Richard, I feel like you know a lot about the sausage-making, compositing process. So this time last year, people remember we were reporting that the conference had been stitched up and that Brexit wasn't being discussed. And we've essentially had a year-long campaign to bring the biggest issue facing the country to conference. We launched uh, in January the Labour Say campaign and have had various stuff. And of course, the centre-left candidates standing for the NEC were united in that position and have been able to get submitted literally hundreds of motions to lay party conference on the issue of Brexit, most of them being clear that the party position had to move forward. Only 11 were essentially supporting the status quo. And so on Sunday night, while we were rallying, some of our friends and dearest delegates were locked in a room for six hours debating the finer points of this. And Most people can't like get their head around talking Brexit for like half an hour. Six, six hours. Six hours is quite of a procedural lot. dullness. A 45-minute discussion on what does compromise mean. <laughs> There's no, no this is this is why people just need to be like sit down. Yeah. <laughs> sit down and, and be gone. All this stuff. But the so the composite that we came out with, despite some of the front bench's take on it. Oh, is, that do you mean John McDonald's awful spin today, uh, when he was just like, No, 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 that's not what happened. Like, <laughs> Have you read the motion, John? Uh, and he wasn't in the room either. So but it basically commits Labour to full single market membership and the benefits of free movement, which is a massive step forward that we have obviously been pioneering through Alison's campaign as chair of the Labour campaign for the single market. So that was really important. It makes clear that a no deal scenario is not good for Britain. It makes clear that 
the Chequers deal is not good for Britain. It makes clear that Labour won't support a deal that doesn't meet our six tests, one of which being all the benefits of the single market, which we believe you can only get by being a member. Um, and that if you can't bring about a general election, which we'd all like to see so we can replace the government rather than just correct its mistake, that we should leave all options on the table, including a people's vote. And crucially, uh, on the terms of the deal has been taken out, which is what John McDonnell is now reinserting on the airwaves. So just to come back to the single market bit, Alison, you launched the Labour campaign for the single market at Progress Conference last year. This motion promises full participation in the single market, including free movement. Does that mean full membership? And does it mean that the campaign has worked? It has to, doesn't it? It has to. And I think big tick in the box, basically. So we have been kind of going, slightly going around the houses on this throughout the whole of this year. Um, this time last year, we couldn't get Brexit onto conference floor and um, our police, our, our stated policy pre-conference was basically Brexit will happen on the 29th of March uh, 2019 and, you know, there should be a trade deal. That was our policy. And then Keir announced, Keir Starmer, um, our shadow Brexit se- secretary, announced that we would be in favour of a transition deal that um, kept us in the single market in the customs union for a period of transition, about two years, which was a big step forward. And then we announced as a party that we were in favour of membership of the customs union. Mm -hmm. And then the language changed quite significantly on single market to say that we needed a strong single market deal. And the motions that were being put forward in the House of Commons towards the end of the session in the summer were basically supporting the institutions of the single market. And people will understand that the the principal uh, institution of the single market is the idea of the four freedoms. Mm. So you've got all of these bodies that basically enact the single market, whether that's the uh, European Medicines Agency or the um, Aviation Authority or um, Euratom, which deals with nuclear. But essentially they uphold the the four freedoms and um, the the freedom... Quickly, what are the four? So there's people, that's one of them. People, capital... Goods and services. Yeah, exactly. So, the this we were the sticking point was free movement of people because mm, our manifesto said we'd end it. Yeah, but actually, if you're having a strong single market deal, then and you're sticking by the institutions, then that's a tacit agreement. Really, that it's not possible to do that unless you have free movement of people. Now, we've spent a lot of time. Uh, is progress talking about the things that we could do domestically to reform free movement mm. and all of that is massively on the table i think whether that's looking at you know how people prove their identity these days or whether that's kind of some of the reforms around requiring people to work that has got to be all in the mix but the fact is accepting the principle of free movement of people is really important and we are there now so this has been a lot of heft and it's been an argument that's been one step by step but you know, we are in the right place. And people might ask quite legitimately, well, you're not in government, why does it matter? And I would say that the answer is twofold. Firstly, that every time we've moved, the government have moved in behind mm-hmm. us. So whether it was on transition, um, we made our announcement on transition and then the government announced the same. Um, customs union announcement happened and you know, relatively shortly afterwards, the government language changed and then we got the checkers deal, which basically acknowledges that something like customs union is the minimum necessary. So when Labour makes the running, the government follows in behind. And that's the lesson that I've taken from all of this. And the second reason why it matters is, look, we all want a general election, right? So that we can, as Richard just said, replace the government. But if we have a general election, the first question people are going to ask us is, 
what's your policy? So my suggestion would be, when we get asked that question, that we think that if we must Brexit, as we can now see from this motion, the best way to do so is, I don't want to, but leave the uh, political institutions of the European Union, but maintain our economic relationship. And in this motion, Labour is setting out how it would do that. But actually, things have got so bad with Brexit now, and it's become such a battle within the Conservative Party. And the deal being forward is being put forward is likely to be so bad that it needs to go back to the people and have, have a public vote. And so I think this conference is really about Labour setting out its Brexit plan. And that's important because if we're going to be the government, we've got to have a plan. It, it, it really does seem amazing because um, I remember, as you said, the, the manifesto in 2017 said we will end freedom of movement. And I remember during the election campaign, uh, members of the leadership were very clear. They said, we think that leaving the EU means leaving the single market. We don't think those two things are compatible. Like it, it wasn't like a slightly vague policy that we had. It, it was. It did feel pretty clear. And then the the progress conference two weeks, I think it was after the general election, you gave a big speech and said, we're going to start a Labour campaign for the single market. And less than two years later, here we are. Like, well, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because people talk about democracy reviews and whether this is a democratic party or not. And I think we've shown that we are. I think we've shown that we've got a good base in the trade unions that is needs to be bigger. You know, we need to have more trade union members, but it's basically connected to the needs of the British workforce. And I think that we've shown that when our trade union colleagues speak, that constituency Labour parties are prepared to listen and they'll do the necessary to make the democratic institutions of our party function in the way they should. And what's amazing is Alison hasn't just won this campaign, she's united the Labour Party behind this campaign. And I think that's, <laughs> it is. By and large. Alison's pulling a face there. But. <laughs> but, 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 but the party, you, you can literally pick out the individuals that disagree mm-hmm. with you now. Yeah, true, but, true. Nine out, you know, nine, out of ten, uh, nine out of ten Labour Party members want to have a, a vote. And Jeremy Corbyn started vote. this week by saying he was... Uh, you know, he will be guided by the conference. Which is good. That's the yeah, right thing to exactly. do. Exactly. This is positive. Steph, can we come to you? Um, the people's vote section of this motion, uh, what does it say? And uh, what do you make of it? I think it, it could have been, I mean, if I wrote it, it would have been slightly <laughs> stronger. Um, I but feel like, I think it was... I feel like you could have rewritten anything it could be stronger. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to imply about me. Slander. Um, <laughs> Steph, put your all finger the in tea and make it stronger. Like, uh-huh. You put your finger in tea and make it stronger. <laughs> but no, I think, you know, I think the important thing about it is within the motion. So we kind of alluded to it earlier. I was kind of joking about it earlier, but Monday, uh, John McDonnell went on uh, the kind of toured the news studios and radio uh, today program and was, you know, this means, and, you know, Len's done his speech where he was like, what we need to do is make sure that um, if there is a people's vote, it's about a deal or a no deal. Um, And that was kind of what John was trying to, you know, he was very much alluding to that. And at times basically saying that that's what that would be, even in this motion, if that, if that would be Labour's position, but actually that's not what that motion says at all. He wasn't even in the room when it came to the composite. So very much the point of this is that um, we would want a general election first. If that wasn't possible, um, then we would move to our position would be for a people's vote um, on that with all options on the table. And I think that's the really important bit when it comes to this. It's about it's not about how we leave. It's not about 
us delivering a hard Brexit mm. that, that the Tories are going to give. It's about what does this country need in terms of the Brexit question and, and how do we move forward on that with all of those options. So um, bless the bless the poor people that have to sit in that room for six hours. Um, yeah, all the constituency delegates actually that did that. And yeah, like, absolutely. They're, they're amazing. Yeah. And the bit that's slightly odd is what are all the options? Because if you said a no deal is intolerable, a checkers deal is intolerable, a deal short of single market membership is intolerable. Therefore, we, the situation we get to is that we've voted those down. We can't get a general election. We've tried to have a vote of no confidence in the government, etc. Yeah. There's two it's, options. There's do not, there's ignore conference and do nothing mm-hmm. and be the midwife to a Tory Brexit. Or there is give the people their say. My, my favourite bit well, of... There's no... I mean, no, I but that's exactly right. I mean, that, and... That's where we are. There's basically, there are like three options here. There's basically resolve this in the House of Commons, but it seems unlikely that any one side is going to be able to outvote the other because the ERG take away the government's majority. But equally, we probably haven't, I mean, I don't know. It's difficult to see having Tory rebels, you know, on a kind of Labour um, suggestion, although we'll try that all the time. So short of the House of Commons dealing with it, is is the government going to have a general election? You know, they have to bring it, to have a general election, they have to bring it forward under the Fixed Term Parliament Act and have a two-thirds majority in the House. It's not like we might want a general election, but it's quite difficult for the Labour Party to bring that out, uh, out on its own. So, you know, whether we like the idea of having a second vote or not, and there are arguments for and against, I would acknowledge that. It's literally the only option left. Well, it's the thing that I find really odd when you talk to uh, lots of the kind of quite senior people with the momentum or they'll go on TV and they'll, they'll have these conversations. And, they'll, and I mean, literally, you know, Matt, Matt sat there today when I was on Sky with him and was just like, but I mean, you know, people voted for this. And I was like, people voted for Theresa May. We don't doesn't, accept that. doesn't mean that we accept that. Like, it also doesn't mean that those, like, you are still allowed to, make, and he was like, we just shouldn't, it should be like the absolute full stop. Like, it shouldn't be the last thing that we do. It should be the last position that we get to. And I was like, well, that's fine because the motion lists out all of those other things. But also, as you said, Alison, if we go to a general election, we have to still say something on Brexit. Like, you can't, you cannot ignore it in the way that you've done before. But yeah, truly baffles me. My, my favourite thing about this um translation of of the policy which would see it be only a referendum on a deal and your options are the deal or not the deal um are that essentially what the motion sets out is that uh, you would have a people's vote in uh, in the eventuality that the tory deal fails in parliament or if they fail to get a deal at all and so if you have it on the deal uh, and no deal wins well, then you're then in the second option where there isn't a deal. And so then you would have to have a referendum anyway. And what would be the options? In, in such, unless it's just a referendum with literally one one option on it, yeah. which is no deal. You so, would have to have Remain as, as, a, as an option on it. Exactly. It so, so this actually brings me to my next point, which is... Oh, sorry, I see the point you're saying. So if, it, yeah, if there is no... If the, if the deal has been voted down yeah. and we're looking at a no deal... Well, there, there, the yeah, motion says in... in if we if there is no deal, then there will be a referendum. So we would end up having two referendums. Um, and, you know, it seems like why not just put remain on the first one? Yeah, quite. So the fact is, now we're in this position, we have a whole new set of things to do. And the first of those tasks seems to me to be work to work out what the process for another vote would be, because it cannot be like last time. 
And also we need a question that everybody feels they can participate in. So I don't want a question that feels like it's stacked against people who disagree with me about mm. the European Union. Yeah, that's fair. I want people to be able to participate in this in good faith. And that's where Stella said at the rally, actually, that we have got to go and speak to people in Ireland about their experience of referenda on really controversial, difficult issues and how you make sure that the process is one that everybody feels they can fairly participate in. A lot of people feel very dissatisfied, dissatisfied about the last referendum. Um, and I know that there's a sense of, well, you lost, so that's why you feel that way. But I don't think that's entirely fair. It's been subject to, you know, massive action in the courts. Um, and we've got to learn the lesson of that. So my question number one is how do we have a process that sets the question that we can all believe in. And that includes people who disagree with us. Very important. And that was what was so remarkable about what happened in Ireland because they had a citizens convention on what would a better piece of legislation look like if that was allowed. It was put to a subcommittee of their House of Commons, essentially, uh, which did draft legislation. And essentially the referendum, while there was a formal question, was with on that bill, wasn't it? It was a kind of draft legislation. Yeah, there. so people knew what it was all about in, in detail and that had had representations from all sides. And the second second thing that we have... So do you to think we could do that on, on on what the question would be for going forward? I'm not, I'm not sure exactly what that looks like yet, but okay. I have a long list of questions in my notebook now right. to go <laughs> in. But, but the sec- and the second side of it is, like, let's be honest, the... F- the last referendum was marred by the participation of David Cameron and George Osborne. I think they meted out the austerity that people reacted against. Their absence from any, you know, next campaign or whatever won't be enough. We all have to have a fulsome conversation uh, with the British public about the reasons that that vote happened. And that means the conduct of the campaign has got to be really different. And so that's that's like a really hard test i think for those of us who are pro-europeans and and it's and it's it's a test that i don't have the answer to yet but my goodness like have we got to think about it aren't women the answer wouldn't that be the kind of like normally we are normally the answer to solving most of the problems but just um, like if all the senior positions in the campaign was done by the able women in our party and others the sense of cultural change about the campaign might be very different well, I don't, I don't know whether that's right or not, but I do know that women are entitled to have their voices heard. And I think that is one of the challenges to us. How do we make sure that that is the case? Not because somebody's decided in a press office somewhere that they need to like feminise the campaign, but because women are there as... If we do a pink leaflet, it'll all work. Yeah. They'll care. But because women are there as of right, and that is a challenge to all of us to work out how to do that. No, we can't make it down to women to carry the emotional labour of a political class in crisis, essentially. Um, uh, my final question, because we do need to wrap up, is is the motion going to pass at a conference today? Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. Everybody get your fingers crossed. <laughs> Let me see those fingers in the air. Okay, yeah, fine. No, no, no tempting fate, but it does, it does seem that lots of people are working together in a way that you wouldn't necessarily see on other issues. Uh, you wouldn't have seen at other conferences and that people know Brexit is the biggest issue facing our country and that everything that was promised is not going to come about and what seems to be coming about 
is the opposite to what people have promised. And we can't just sit by on that. Yeah, we can't just leave it there, can we? Uh, and I think we'll leave it there. Um, <laughs> I'll be back with an extra show on Friday this week to discuss the result of this uh, big Brexit vote at conference. In the meantime, why not go back and listen to episode one of uh, the Progressive Britain podcast? See how far we've come, on, folks. On, on whether we can really stay in the single market. If you want in, to send in any questions or comments, get in touch by emailing office at progressonline.org.uk. Please leave a review and a rating on iTunes and don't forget to subscribe. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Progressive Britain podcast. The music was When in the West by Blue Dot Sessions, licensed under Creative Commons. And many thanks to the brilliant Caroline Crampton, who produced this podcast. Mm-hmm.